Welcome to the podcast of a strong belief such that it may not be penetrated even by ammunition discharged from a firearm. <laughs> you, I tell you what, I, tell, I knew you were like, anytime you're, you're about to record and you're over there and you're nose deep in your phone. I know something's up. It's either some kind of cheesy dad joke or it's a cool <laughs> quote like that. I'm hatching something. That was epic. I mean, that was coming in hot right there, you know. <laughs> that was kicking the door down. That's what that was. All right. Part two of Rewritten History. Were the founders Christian? All right. Let's kind of recap the intro here uh, to what, what we're actually working on. I believe that... History has been rewritten a bit to minimize the impact of Christian faith on our founding and the starting of the United States. Uh, when we were growing up, the nation was was taught as something that was founded upon Christian principles, um, you know, birthed out of religious freedom. These were Christian ideas. The founding fathers were Christians mostly, mm-hmm. um, and now all of that is is framed differently. It's yeah. You know, this is not a Christian country. It never was. It was founded upon uh, freedom. Um, the, you know, the founders were not Christians. Most of them were just deists. They they thought there was something, but they weren't Christians. They didn't believe in the God of the Bible. Um, all all of this. And so, I'm I'm looking back and saying, what about the early sources? Mm-hmm. What did the early sources say? You know. Um, the sources that had not yet been tainted by the worldview that we have right now. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, the people who are in charge of the history books right now. Yeah. So that's what we're looking at. Um, why is it important? It affects how we feel about our country. It, it drives a wedge in between people. It, uh, it tears us apart, I believe. Um, but... The biggest thing, I think it undermines the fruits of Christian principles. Yeah. If we look at this country and what has come of it and, and the good, and we don't think that it came from Christian principles, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, eventually what it does, Jordan, is it ushers in humanism. Yeah, it does. That's really what it does. Yeah. Because if you, if you don't believe that this country was founded upon Christian values and by Christians— for the most part, then what you believe is, well, just a group of people got together and they themselves, apart from God's holy standard, figured out how to live. And they came up with a better way. Mm -hmm. And they banded together and they came up with, you know, good ways to do things. And so humans are capable of doing this, and we mm. can do it again. We can mm. keep it, keep making it better, and mm. humans keep improving. Yeah. Uh, but it has nothing to do with no. you know the the set standard. It's not biblical. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you believe that the founders were not operating out of Christian values or respect for God, then you're sneaking in the ideas of humanism. Absolutely. Yeah. My. I, I'm better than God. I know better than God. Uh, I'm good enough with, apart from God. All of those things, man. It's just... We're going back to the Tower of Babel. Yep, correct. We, we can build this thing ourselves. Correct. So that's the idea behind this series, Rewritten History. 
let's get back to the early sources and let's get back to the truth. All right, so this episode, we want to talk about the founding fathers themselves. Last episode, we talked about the documents that were written and things like that. This episode, we want to start talking about the founding fathers themselves. And this, this might be a couple of episodes long to, to get through talking about some of these people. I'm not going to talk about every single person, uh, but we're going to pick some, go through it, give you guys some stuff. Um, the founding fathers, we mentioned this last time. Most colonies required a Christian profession of faith for public service. So most of these guys who were founding fathers, they had professed Christian beliefs. And um, through the reframing these days uh, toward a secular government, right? It, it's they they want to say that this was um, some a secular government, or they were just deist or uh, something else. They want to change the idea, but the truth is that the overwhelming majority of our founders were Christians, just <laughs> actual Christians. According to the Christian Heritage Fellowship, it, it's either 90, it's, it's 95% or more of the founding fathers were Christians. <laughs> now, there's a, a big push in the, the history books and the narratives here that the 18th century was full of what you call deists um, and not actual Christians. Mm. And that's the idea that, you know, there's, there's uh, some sort of supreme being um, that just created the world and then he just kind of stepped away from it. He just let it go. Uh, I remember at some point in some history class it being described to me that, that a lot of them thought that God was like a clockmaker, mm, that he yeah. he start he set everything up, he started it, he hit he hit the go button, and then he just let it tick for forever. He's, but he's not actually there. He's not a personal God. You can't know him, you know. Um, so that's that's the push that this narrative is, and um, I think there's some truth to that. I do. Th- I mean, I do think there were deists back then, and I think there were a lot of people who believed in that. So I'm not saying. That you know that there's no truth to it. Sure. Um, you know, for example, some of them when they when they write, they're kind of direct and clear about that. Um, like one of them, I would say, is Benjamin Franklin. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's also evidence that he became a Christian, like an actual Christian, later in life. But in some of like his autobiography and things like that, he describes a period of time where he said he, he kind of rejected his, I think, a Puritan upbringing and became a deist. Hmm. Okay. So, and then, so I think what happened is maybe he came back around later. So uh, we, we may get to him later in some other episodes. But anyway, the point is, I think there is some truth to that. Like that did exist. But I do think the majority of the people were just simply Christians. Um, and even if some of them were just deists, it's very clear that they were heavily influenced by Christian and biblical values. And they wrote and governed in such a way Mm. that, you know, it's definitely Christian. Um, Now, one other point before we start talking about these founding fathers, it's very important to note that we are not trying to sit here and tell you that these were perfect people. Right. <laughs> the, right. You know, none right. of these people 
were perfect. Mm -hmm. And we should not expect them to be. No. Just like the faith leaders of today, right? We don't expect them sure. to be perfect. Sure, absolutely. Um, we know that they're still sinners. We know that there might still be sin in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, right. But that doesn't mean that they're not Christians. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that they don't operate off of Christian principles. And so we, we expect that even faithful men need a little bit of grace Amen. from us, right? Amen. Amen. And I think we should give these founding fathers the same treatment. Amen. Uh, in a lot of ways, they're products of the environment they grew up in, the time they grew up in, the culture they grew up in. Good points. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not Christians. Yeah, good points. So let's talk about some of these founders specifically. All right, and the first one that I want to talk about, a guy that doesn't get a lot of credit, Samuel Huntington. Samuel Huntington, founding father. So he was from Connecticut. Uh, let's see, lived 1731 to 1796. So not too long ago. <laughs> a while. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you look at it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, true, that's true. In, in all of history? No, yeah. it's not that long yeah. ago. Um, but think about how much different the world looked back then. Yeah. Man. Uh, Samuel Huntington. He was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. So that's a big deal. He was the fifth president of the Continental Congress. So because of that, many consider him to be, in some ways, the first president of the United States. Hmm. So the, the reason why is the Articles of Confederation were ratified under him uh, while he was the fifth president of the Continental Congress. And the Continental Congress was, you know... Um, governing body and you know men set up where the um the the colonies were getting together and sending delegates and kind of figuring out how to govern this thing before they had actually written the constitution and the declaration of independence right um so he was the first president that served under those articles the articles of confederation and so at that point the u.s was kind of more formally defined as a nation and so a lot of people um, consider him the first president. Now, he's not George Washington because, he, you know, George Washington was the first, like, official president. But in, in a way, you could consider this guy. Um, he was also given the title first president of the United States in Congress assembled. Mm. So um, I think it's kind of easy for us to just think, well, George Washington was the first president. There was nobody in charge before that. That's not really true. Yeah. I mean, they, they had been operating for a while. So, um, Samuel Huntington was a very humble guy. Um, uh, he came from a, a humble farming family, received hardly any formal education at all, but he was kind of self-taught. He taught himself all sorts of things, um, he eventually ended up becoming a lawyer, and that was from his own self-education. He borrowed a lot of books from the library, and he studied under a minister, and this minister was Reverend Ebenezer Devotion. I think that's how you pronounce the last name. It's mm. spelled just like the word yeah. devotion today. You know, you don't see many Ebenezers nowadays. <laughs> you don't. It's a shame, really. I, I see one sitting right in front of me, Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> 
If y'all don't know, Jordan is such a cheapskate. He won't spend a dime on anything. <laughs> you walked yourself right into that one, Ebenezer. I did. I did. I did. I did. Um, well played. <laughs> Quick-witted, my friend. Quick-witted. So Samuel Huntington was was self-taught for the most part just by reading a bunch of books, became a lawyer that way, and he, he also studied under a minister, a Christian minister. He eventually married the reverend's daughter, Martha. Uh, so good job there, Sam. But uh, he, was, he was widely known as a strong, patient, steady hand type of guy. Um, and he was, surprise, surprise, a Christian. Mm. He, he was a congregationalist, which was kind of like a big, um, I guess you would just call it like a, a Christian denomination back then, one of the more popular ones. Um, and he, so he did all these things. He's, he's uh, in some ways considered the first president of the, of the U.S. Um, later in life, he served as the governor of Connecticut, and that was after he was the president of Continental Congress. Um, so did, did a lot of great things. Um, does not get the credit that he deserves, I think. Uh, he's kind of omitted in the, the history books. Um, oh, sorry, one other interesting tidbit on here. Mm. Never owned a slave. Mm. Okay. Never owned a slave. Okay. So that goes against some of the narrative here that, like, you know, all, all, these, all these founders, they were all just rich, you know, white guys, and they were all slave hold, mm-hmm. uh, holders. Yeah. This guy never owned a slave. You're right. He's not. He's not one you really read about much or hear about much. No. Yeah. No. I, I I barely knew the name before yeah. I started researching this. Yeah. All right. So Samuel Huntington, kind of an unsung uh, hero here. Here's another one. John Hancock. Here we go. Put your old John Hancock right here, would ya? <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> no, I beat What's you. he famous? I for? beat you. I beat you. <laughs> All right. So why do people say that? Why do people say that? Why why do people say like put your John Hancock here? First signature on yeah eh. yeah I knew that because I saw your notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that that obviously had something to do with that. But. Great great job. Yeah man. man. I'm not yeah, if if you look at the Declaration of Independence, his is the 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 first one right under you know when they started signing. Yeah. And he wrote it big man, proud of it. He yeah. he was like, look, we're sending this to the king. Yeah man. Come get me. That's cool. <laughs> John Hancock, the first signature on the Declaration of Independence. And, yeah, that's why people say, give me your John Hancock on this. <laughs> so, Beat you to your own joke. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to stop sending you the notes. <laughs> <laughs> he served twice as the president of Continental Congress. Hmm. And that was in uh, 1777 Interesting. and 1785. Uh, we talked about the Continent, Continental Congress just a little while ago. He served twice as the president. Um, John Hancock had tremendous influence in ratifying the Constitution, the Constitution that we know today. Um, another thing, he, he now he he did have a lot of money. He was really rich, and he helped finance a big part of the revolution. Hmm. Spent a lot of money on it. Um, he was Massachusetts' first governor. And he served for 11 years. Um, and like I said, he helped finance a big part of the revolution. He, it ended up costing him much of his per- personal fortune. Um, 
but he he pressed forward anyway and encouraged it anyway and was a leader anyway. Um, and I think that speaks to what he believed in. Sure. If you're willing to put your own money on the line for this thing. Yeah. Um, I think just, you know, kind of like Samuel Huntington, he is, John Hancock is very often overlooked as a founder. Um, and I wonder if it's because of his obvious strong Christian faith. Yeah. Um, so, like, like I, you know, this is not a surprise at this point, but in addition to all of the things he accomplished, he was, as you guessed it, a very committed Christian. <laughs> he was the son and the grandson of Christian ministers, mm. and he was a lifelong member of Brattle Street Church up in Boston. Interesting. Okay. He is is known to have frequently used biblical arguments to justify the revolution and to inform the decisions that he would make while serving in government. Um, while he served as governor of Massachusetts, he would often thank God for the people and, and for his blessings, and he would call the people to repentance. <laughs> I mean, we could use some of that today. Yeah, we could. Calling the people to repentance. Um, and, and he made efforts to govern laws based on biblical ideas. John Hancock was convinced that moral conduct depended on Christian commitment. Yeah. So in other words, you, you can't have good morals without Scripture, without, yep. without Christianity. Yep. Um, he, he sounds like he was a presuppositional uh, apologist. There you go. There, there you go. Um, he also supported the establishment of congregationalism mm -hmm. in Massachusetts. And so congregational, that we talked about, it's a, a sort of like a, a denomination of Christianity. So he supported establishing that in the state. Um, he also supported observance of the Sabbath. So definitely strong Christian principles here that you see. He called on God and acknowledged him frequently in public speeches. He was also known to be a very generous philanthropist, and he actually helped many people whose houses and businesses were destroyed by fires in, in Boston and helped to rebuild the city after it was devastated by the Revolutionary War. Wow, okay. You know, the, uh, the, the British yeah. destroyed the town yeah. and, and things like that. So he actually spent his personal money to help people rebuild wow. their houses and businesses mm. afterward. Christian. Uh, while he was president of Congress, he actually signed a proclamation for a day of prayer and fasting among the colonies. So he's calling all of the colonies to pray and fast for a day. <laughs> How about that? That's awesome, man. So it can't really be denied, no. the Christian influence. Mm -hmm. And I think John Hancock is, you know, like Samuel Huntington, I think he's one of those people that he gets forgotten about in, in the modern history books. That's fair. So um, in closing, these are two of the most impactful people in the nation's founding, really. Yet, when do you ever hear their names mentioned? among the founders, among Jefferson, Franklin, Washington, Hamilton, 
I mean, you just, these guys, you never hear them get the credit that they deserve. And I wonder if it's because their writings and actions, as as opposed to some others, are just so undeniably Christian. Sure. It's harder to erase what these people said and did. It's harder to take that Christian influence out. And so because it's more difficult to erase Christ from the lives of these guys, Hmm. the history books just omit them completely, Mm -hmm. or they don't say much about them. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. However, Samuel Huntington and John Hancock are examples of strong Christian men, and we should definitely, definitely teach when we talk about our nation's founding. What do you think about that, Jordan? You know, it's pretty. It should be pretty impactful, uh, especially when you consider discipling our kids. Especially when you consider uh, instilling leadership principles in our kids uh, as they as they get older and to be able to, and to be able to lead people positively for the Christian mm-hmm. faith. So, I mean, it's just great examples of that. Yeah, you, you should believe in the 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 benefits Absolutely. and the goodness that comes from being faithful to Christian values, Absolutely. to biblical values, to Absolutely. Scripture. We should encourage, encourage our kids to do so as well. Yep. Agreed. So, guys, again, why this is important, um, I, I believe there's been a revisionist history. I really do. And I believe the truth is that the vast majority of our nation's founders and the vast majority of what they believed and acted upon was from biblical values, biblical truth. So let's teach our, our kids this. They need to know the actual truth about how our nation was founded. And, and that can change what we believe about how the nation moves forward. Sure. What this nation does. What's the future of this nation? Sure. All right, guys, that'll wrap up part two for Rewritten History. We'll talk about more founding fathers in the next one and then uh, give you guys all sorts of uh, other interesting stuff as we go along. Appreciate you guys listening. Hope you would share it with a friend. Take the time to write us a nice review. We would love it. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next time on Bulletproof Faith. God bless.